Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sport Chat from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sport Chat this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time with some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land, of the Gold Coast. We thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Shack. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. Happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Mother's Day is actually um, worldwide on this day. Is it? Where Father's Day is separate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and mm. the Northern Hemisphere has it different to the Southern Hemisphere. When, when do they have it? Oh, it's not. For the Northern Hemisphere, I don't think it's too far. I think it's next month or so. Yeah, yeah. right. Because we have Father's Day. What's in September? Yeah, yeah. 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 So how, how things been going, Glenn? <laughs> As you, as it's you great know. to see you during the week. Yeah, up there. Coming there. into the sports shack, we yeah. did an episode of Paul's, um, yeah, personal development podcast. Yeah. We'll give it a plug. Yeah. The Complete Men podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, no. You inspired no. us by talking about meditation. Yeah. yeah. And also we, we touched a bit on breathing. That's right. We did too. I, I was just thinking before there's something, there's another good way of practicing your breathing. Mm. That's singing. Sing along to your favorite songs. Yeah, singing is good. Yeah. yeah. Singing is yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, because singing is, it, it also gives you variance. Yeah. In, in between hold, you know, breathing in and holding and breathing out slowly. Mm. Yeah, you know, I I was just watching Nikki on on, on the video. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is for scientific evidence. It's a bit good on the eye, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she holds a note really well. She sure does. Yeah, and lots of other things well, but yeah. Um, we'll give her a plug too, Nikki Hibiscus. Uh, hibiscus. Yeah. Nikki hibiscus. Hibiscus. Yeah. Yeah. No, you'll find on YouTube, she's a great singer, great personality. Uh, really does a good um, cover of Olivia Newton-John songs and that. Mm. Even brought her own song out, what, I think it was late last year, called Heaven Sent. Oh, okay. Yeah, just an absolute mm. wonderful singer. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, see, um, meditation, you know, a lot of athletes do meditation now. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, Matthew Hayden, a great Aussie former batsman, he used to sit um, before, on, before a test match, he would sit on the pitch, yeah. like where, where he'd normally be batting on the batting crease there and yeah. just meditate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, before the game. Yeah. yeah. It certainly did him a lot of good because he had an outstanding career. The um, mm. the New York Police Department do it um, 
before each shift. Oh, really? They go and do a 15 minute or half an hour meditation. Mm. And they found that since they've been doing that, the stress leave is greatly reduced. Yeah. Uh, I saw a story years ago, even Goldie Horn, the actor, mm. that she's, she's got an organisation in the States called Heads Up. Where, oh, okay. Whether she's gone around and talked and got all those schools involved mm. and in every hour, like that they do fifty minutes of learning, then ten minutes of ten minutes of meditation. Right. And they go on and repeat that throughout the day. And apparently that really has made big improvements in absentees, kids being sick. Even, yeah. even, um, you know, even better, better, epid, better results in their schooling. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is what, um, have you, have you, um, heard of the resilience project? No, not really. Yeah, a couple of guys in men's group got me onto it. One of the guys there, and uh, yeah, it's about this guy, and he, he started up this organization called the resilience project. and it's all about, you know, promoting um, uh, GEM. It's called GEM. G for gratitude, E for empathy, and M for mindfulness. Yeah. yeah. And he goes around to all this, a lot of sporting teams, footy teams in Australia, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And gives um, a talk. But yeah. he, um, early on, when he, before he started doing it, you know, when he was traveling around, and um, yeah, he, was in working in a school in India yeah. and that's how they started every day like yeah. with a half hour one hour meditation all yeah. the kids did. yeah and that's what inspired him because he was inspired how these kids you know lived in this poor village and had bugger all nothing yeah. they were just you know the amount of gratitude they showed for yeah. everything everything yeah. they saw and touched and, yeah you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's very powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now I've got the Melbourne Storm jersey on. Yeah. Because they beat my, the Broncos, <laughs> Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> beauty. Yeah. And underneath that, I've got, and I only wear it when they win, and that's not very often, Yeah. the Everton jersey. <laughs> They spanked Brighton away from home, 5-1. Yeah, wow. So this, unfortunately, they're still in the relegation zone. So, yeah, yeah and then they play. <laughs> Hell, they play Man City tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. best team in the, in the whole English Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good luck. Uh, Gosh, if they get a draw, that would be... Yeah. Like a Herculean performance. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and only hope. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you got any uh, pats and slaps for the week? Oh, I, I, I did, but I think, what was it? Oh, yeah, that bloody mouse. Oh, uh, yeah, give yeah. us a mouse update. Okay. Before, I've got three lots of different poisons. I've got mousetrap. Mm. Before I came up to Goldie there last week, 
I've got my biscuit, pack of the biscuits wrapped it up in the big plastic bag. When I got back, it had got into the plastic bag itself and mm. still got in the eight biscuits. That were in that were in their own packet. <laughs> I could not believe it. Bloody yeah, clever. But, but, yeah, but it, it just won't take anything. Mm. Might might eat the poisons or trigger the bait. Yeah, because yeah. I had the trap go off. Yeah, you know, one of our last podcasts, <laughs> and he got away with it. Have you got him set up at the moment? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, keep well, on. Let me hear some. Oh, yeah, but, like, but, but so far, he, he or she keeps on getting away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And another slap again for Optus. Yeah. Optus, yeah. Yeah, still sucky service in the country <laughs> compared to, yeah. Well, I got a slap for Telstra because I was down in Byron Bay yesterday. Yeah. Hardly, the internet on my phone was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're trying to, trying to arrange uh, an old friend of mine to come out to look at it, doing a job. And phone kept on dropping in and out, yeah, up and down, all over the place, yeah. yeah. Just trying to complete the conversation. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. They don't cover 90% of the population. Gosh. I don't know what's going on with them, but they just ain't. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, I've got a few slaps. Parramatta. <laughs> Good old Parramatta. Uh, well, at least they're not going as bad as St. George Illawarra. Yeah, they've had about, they've had six losses in a row. And the coach, if he doesn't get the chop in the next 24 hours, I'll, yeah, I'd be extremely surprised. Yeah, but the sponsor a big slap too. Yeah. yeah what were you saying? If they drop a coach, mm. do they replace it with one of these assistant coaches? Or Yeah, a lot of the time they do. Sometimes they, you know, normally during the season they will. Yeah, because yeah. they bring in a new coach when the season's already underway. Mm. You know, they'd have to get used to the players again. Mm. Yeah, so it wouldn't really make any difference. Yeah, I have seen teams do that, but um, yeah, like, you know, this is what the Wallabies do. Like, they chop and change coaches all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, if you haven't got the cattle, like, you can't really blame <laughs> your coach much. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 can't, you can't round up your cattle with a, with a cat. Mm. Yeah, you need a, you need a sheep dog or something like that, a cattle dog. Well, I think coaches do play a part, but only to an extent. But you know, ex apart from the real exceptional coaches like Wayne Bennett, like he's just an absolute freak. So yeah, he's a big pat. Nine hundred games last weekend. He's yeah. coached in the NRL. Yeah, wow. and that doesn't include all the, um, you know. 
because he was coaching for a while in the Queensland Cup before he started coaching, uh, you know, down in the, well, it was the New South Wales co- competition then. Uh, yeah, cause he was coaching uh, Brisbane Souths. Yeah. And then he, this was back in the mid-80s, and then he went to uh, Canberra and coached them. I think it was like 1986. Yeah, he did a couple of years there. Then the Broncos came into the comp and, so, yeah. so, so uh, firstly, I'll give him applause for that. Yeah. Game. <laughs> so, how many games in the series does a in a in a year does a, a team play in that? In that oh, um, depending on if they make the playoffs or not. Normally, uh, there's about twenty five rounds. Yeah. So he's got another four years before he makes a thousand. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets there. Yeah. Yeah. He's just um what he's done with the dolphins is just breathtaking. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they got a buy this weekend. Last weekend they absolutely smashed Cronulla. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, good, good. Yeah. 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 It was like thirty nil <laughs> after about twenty five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know. And they've had lots of injuries, and but the Canberra Raiders they're going very well. They've won about six games in a row, and yeah. Ange Postacoglu, the Aussie football coach, um, he's yeah picked up another title with Celtic in the Scottish League. But yeah, you got to give a big slap to the red and white teams, St George Illawarra and the Sydney Swans, going like absolute bastards. And, yeah, I've, I've got a question for you, right? I don't know what you think about this, but, yeah, what, what do you think about booing? You know, crowds when they persistently boo a sports person on the field? No. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think it's disrespectful. Yeah? Because if you can get – I believe that if the crowd are up there booing, put mm. them onto the field and see how they go. Yeah, it's a, it's fine to think that you you're an armchair expert, but mm. you get out there and do what they're doing, yeah. Yeah, well, this this all blew up last weekend when Collingwood was playing the Sydney Swans and uh, the Collingwood supporters were just booing, you know, Buddy Franklin, <laughs> nonstop the whole game. Uh, you know, he's one of the greats of the game and. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's got anything to do with racism. What, what, what a lot of people say. No, you know, no. I just think uh, that's what crowds do, especially Collingwood supporters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But whether they're because I've been at a game of Collingwood supporters there, mate, and it's an interesting experience. Put it that way. Yeah, they're, they're not your normal supporters. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, 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 I think, yeah, just booing, yeah, whether it's for, yeah, disappointment or mm. over ex- expectations or things like that. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, sort of, you know, consider the others around you. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, like if they're booing at someone that's playing badly, do they cheer when they're playing good? Oh, never. Yeah, they never do. Yeah, they're always having a shot 
you know, when they're having a bad day. But yeah. when it's coming to a good day, where do you hear from them? Well, that last Ashes tour in England, you know, those English crowds were just relentless with um, Steve Smith and David Warner. Yeah, oh, yeah that was just full on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know whether you saw this, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I missed it. I only heard about it the next day. Yeah, it was in the, the English Super League. Yeah, the Catalan Dragons, they're, they're one of the French teams. Yeah. They were playing at St. Helens. Yeah. And, yeah, this this bull was on the field. Yeah. <laughs> it was running around the field chasing after the players. Yeah, they're warming up before the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're all jumping the fence. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's a slap for the uh, Catalans Dragons um, boss. <laughs> Decided to have for pre game entertainment, yeah. Bulls being paraded around the ground, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, have a guess what color Catalan dragons wear red and white, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like red rag to a bull, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they got a bit fired up, the yeah. bulls, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, my uncle. He used to, um, well, he's passed away now, but he he used to own this farm in Warhope out near Newcastle, out uh, sort of west from there, I think. And Warhope? Yeah. Well, no, well, that's west from me. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I forget the name of the place, but it was sort of, you know, Hunter Valley sort of area. I okay, think. yeah. Yeah. It was years ago. This is going back, gosh, nearly 40 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, I was riding this push bike in his because he had all this cattle. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't mudgy, was it? No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't mudgy. Yeah. yeah. No. Nah. Okay. Yeah, because we're on holidays at Port Stephens and we went there for the day and back. But yeah, we used oh. to do that every year. And um, yeah, and I was riding with this push bike around his farm and I didn't realise I was in the middle of this cow paddock. Next thing I know, turn around. I've got like about two hundred bloody cows and bulls chasing after me. And I've never run so uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I jumped this fence and oh gosh. Uh, yeah. I, I heard this story about this farmer that had these cows and a few bulls in the paddock. Yeah. And these and these nudists used to um cut through his paddock to get to this big creek where they used to swim. Yeah. And he, know that he noticed that when he went out, when the farmer went out, the bull would go for him. <laughs> but when the nudists walked across the across the paddock in the nud, they, yeah. the, the, the bulls wouldn't go for them. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So, so he started to get his, when everyone in the paddock, he started to take his gear off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like um, bloody scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move along to our topic for today. So today we're going to talk about some sports people from over the years who have been labelled as injury prone. So that is frequently injured or often sustaining injuries. So, yeah, I remember like growing up, yeah, it was 
I didn't like the term when it was used. Like they used to call these athletes who were injured all the time crocs. But um, yeah, but I can certainly relate because I used to get bloody injured all the time. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't one thing, it was another thing, and that still happens today. Uh, and I'm not even playing sport. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what is it about injury-prone athletes? that make their tendons and ligaments so much more likely to tear or strain? Is it bad luck? Is it poor mechanics of movement and not enough rest or is it due to genetics? So after suffering another recent injury, to his, this time to his groin, rugby league superstar Tom Travojevic is facing another stint on the sidelines, putting another serious dent in his New South Wales origin chances. Yeah, but he's back playing actually. But he's he's only going at half tilt. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think, Glenn? When you think of well-known injury-prone sports people, does anyone come to mind? Well, I've been trying to think of his name. He was Australian cricketer. He was really tall and thin. Oh, Bruce Reed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the plasticine man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you look at him today, yeah. over the years, he's put on some hood. Yeah. Yeah, he's but, not thin anymore. Yeah, but, 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 but mm. yeah, well, one of my favourite segments from the 12th man is, is on Bruce Reed. Yeah. Um, when he's <laughs> snapping and then... Oh, st- mate. when he wasn't injured, he yeah. was dynamite. He was, just, yeah, he yeah. Could, you know, very, very... Yeah. Um, yeah. Good but, goal. But, but 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 this one this one particular sketch from the twelfth man, mm. he he was out there. Bruce Reed was out there. He was he was waving. He was waving the um <laughs> the stretch away and calling for the sticky tape. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, he um. He wrapped himself up in sticky tape so he could keep on bowling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I must find that. And, um, I'd love to listen to that. Yeah. yeah. No, very, very clever guy, the 12th man. Oh, very. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember the keys stuck in the pitch and <laughs> uh, Richie Benno going off at about, that's my bloody ballpoint pen stuck in the pitch. Oh, 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 Greg, oh, Greg, uh, <coughs> Tony Greg's keys. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, no, no, Lowy, um, Lowy, Lowy, oh, what was his name? Lowy. Lowy Lawrence. No, the other commentator. Oh, Bill Lowy. Bill Lowy, yeah, his keys stuck in the. <laughs> oh, Wendy, his pigeon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah no, no, it's a real. I think he was a former Where Are They Now, or I think. From memory, yeah. I think we had him on Where Are They Now. So yeah. It might have been Who Am I? We spoke about his pigeons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a while back. Yeah. Mm. But, but um. But no, I like. Look, what about the fakers? The, oh the, yeah, the injury yeah, fakers. In, the injury in, fakers. Yeah, yeah. In, um, soccer. Yeah. To try and get a point. Mm. Oh, oh the uh, ones in South America. They're the. They're the, you know, uh, by far the worst. Yeah. But, uh, some of what I saw in that last World Cup was uh, breathtaking. 
Yeah. But personally, I think it, it's not enough rest. Yeah. Yeah, because they're not having a real off-season. Mm. Yeah, they're not getting out to do other sort of stuff. Yeah. I think even, like, I don't know whether it was true, but Bill Laurie was a apprentice plumber with John Farnham. Oh, was he? Yeah. Really? Never yeah. knew that. Yeah. I knew he, he was a plumber. He did plumbing. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, John Farnham, gee. Yeah, his apprenticeship. Yeah, when he was doing his apprenticeship with John Farnham, was doing his as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there seem to be a lot more injuries today. I guess, yeah, it is due to not enough rest. and But I think a lot of it's got to do with... Uh, a lot of the training they do now, you know, they're all in the gym and uh, like, you know, I remember back in the seventies and eighties, like there weren't too many fast bowlers that would break down nowhere near as much as today. Uh, um, you know, the West Indian cricketers, they would hardly ever get injured. Uh, um, so I think some of it has to do with genetics. Um, but, you know, they'd, they'd never be doing weights or anything like that. I'll have to disagree on the genetics. You reckon? It can't be genetics. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, anything genetically related mm. is about 3%. Yeah. So I, I, I find that very, very, um, very, um, yeah, hard, disagreeable on that. Yeah, it could be due, you know, due to like tendons and ligaments and yeah, yeah. Because because it, even if they say oh it's genetic in the family, mm. it can everyone carries, you know, the possibilities of of um, yeah, cancers, certain types of cancers, women's breast cancers, and all that. Mm. But unless you have the environment. But it's environment that triggers yeah. the protein that triggers the that that the the cells that form the cancer. So yeah, you know, unless you tell you sit there and tell yourself I'm gonna get, get have breast cancer because my mother's got it, or mm. or bowel cancer because my father's got it, unless you um, program yourself to do that, you. If you do program yourself to believe that you will get it, yeah. But if you go, like not, all the law of attraction. Yeah. 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 So like, if you you got to try and think the opposite to what you don't want. Exactly. You got to think yeah. about what you do want. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you one thing though. With those West Indian cricketers, like they hired a um, an Aussie physio all that time when they were successful. And he mainly concentrated on uh, flexibility. Yeah, just flexibility and running. And yeah, so, but one, one thing, you know, the first thing I think about with injuries is definitely with fast bowling in cricket because yeah. biomechanics has shown that, you know, and this sort of, uh, well, Dennis Lilly, when he um, broke his back, Back in the early seventies, it revolutionised, um, you know, biomechanics in in cricket. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we're showing that you know by having a mixed bowling action that caused a lot of strain and 
load on the body on the uh, spine uh. yeah so and he he was what he suffered it was he was basically told he'd never play again uh. he said there's no chance you'll ever play again uh. um but you know just through uh proper sports science and um you know good rehabilitation program um yeah he got back playing again and he he changed his complete bowling action and instead of raw pace he mainly focused on yeah like um skill yeah uh. yeah and slowed down his pace and but mainly you know was working on his the biomechanics of his action uh. and you know they, they reckon jeff thompson had the ideal bowling action because he was completely side on when he bowled yeah uh. So it came to the stage where there were two accepted bowling actions, completely side on, uh, completely front on. Uh, yeah, like Malcolm Marshall, he was a, a very front on bowler, and he, I don't think he ever got injured. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. but it was the ones, you know, like and this is why Pat Cummins was out of the game for so long early in his career, and he had to remodel his action because he had a mixed bowling action. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, and I can relate to that, you know, because back in those days, you were never really taught about it. You just ran in and bowled, you know. Yeah, yeah. there wasn't all the, the biomechanics that they have today. And, yeah, um, uh, yeah, like I, I think about myself, you know, all the hamstrings I used to tear when I was playing cricket and touch football. Gosh, remember there was one time I tore a hamstring and... One thing, it's a cardinal sin if you tear a hamstring to try and rush back onto the field and play, you've got to give it a complete rest. So what does Paul do? He decides to play the next weekend, you know, and, um, yeah, and does his other hamstring. Yeah, so uh, that wasn't very smart, but, yeah, mm. just all the back and shoulder injuries I had playing cricket. And I think I, I mentioned, you know, when I was last episode, when I was hit in the eye by the ball and, you know, there were times when I got hit in the head by the ball and, yeah, I had a sickening one one day. I was fielding sort of silly mid-off, yeah, which is sort of not too far from the, the batsman. And this guy, like, the team we were playing, it was about 30-odd years ago and, um, you know, they were batting to save the game. So, you know, they were just batting, they were blocking yeah, you know, uh, they weren't trying to really score runs. They were just trying to survive to save the game. And uh, this bloke, all of a sudden, he's gone for the big tonk, and I wasn't prepared for it, and it's got me smash, and uh, it hit my head so hard that uh, the bowler nearly caught it. He could have uh, caught it. Uh, yeah, and I got uh, concussed and had to uh, get taken away. And uh, I, I remember. In primary school, we were playing cricket at lunchtime. Yeah. And I was asked to go over to the other side. That well, yeah, I was I was I was up near the batsman. And I was told to go to the other side, hmm. but no one told the bowler, and they bowled and got me straight in the two in the meat and two veg, and that brought me down like a screaming heap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was playing tennis one day, this doubles when I was a kid and oh gosh, I copped it. 
fair and square in the girlies. Yeah. It was agonizing. Oh, I was at the net too. This guy's got onto this volley and just whack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, no, I think of rugby league players, you know, with their when they do their ACLs and their knees and you know, years ago it was um basically the end of their careers and um you know but with modern science yeah they can get back on the field sometimes in eight months you know uh, but yeah I'll, I'll think of you know cricket players not just like bruce reed but james pennanson you know the aussie fast bowler who's recently retired he was you know always in and out of the team injured and there was a south african bowler years ago Oh, about 20 years ago, 30, yeah. his name was Brett Schultz. This is back in the 90s. He was a left-arm fierce quick bowler but only played a handful of test matches because he uh, was just always injured, you know. And uh, um, Will, Will Pukowski, gosh, remember the amount of bad luck he has with um, concussion injuries. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, he probably would have played 20 or 30 tests for Australia by now. You know, instead of just the single, even that one test match he played, he had to go off the field <laughs> like, with another concussion. Oh. Yeah, I think it will. I don't know if that was another injury he picked up, I think. But with rugby league, I think of Brent Tate. Yeah, the former Queensland and Australian player. He was a great player. Jeez, he was a mongrel when it came to origin time. He'd always be fit origin time. Yeah. And he would always score like, you know, the winning try for Queensland. And uh, yeah, he was a mongrel, but <laughs> oh gosh, he would do his, he, I think he did about his ACL in both legs at least three or four times. Uh, yeah. Um, but he must have recovered really well because, yeah, you know, he'd be back on the field and um, Mal Meninga. Back in the 80s, I remember that one Saturday afternoon, I was watching a game in 1987 and Manly was playing Canberra, down in Canberra in the wet. Mm. And uh, yeah, Mel's gone to do this tackle and it was down near the goalpost and he got smashed straight into the goalpost, broke his arm and yeah, he, he broke it. Oh, a couple of times again after that. And he had to wear that big arm guard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, it was a sickening injury. and But there was a guy who played for Parramatta back in the 90s. And he was a re very real talent. He played in the centres mainly. And his name was David Woods. And always was injured, you know. Mm -hmm. But when he was on the field and fit, which was hardly ever, yeah, yeah. Parramatta would win a few games, you know. Yeah. But I remember when he'd make a comeback, like he'd get back on the field after, you know, <laughs> six, eight months off again. Yeah. Um, and then Ray Hadley'd be calling the game, oh, the ball's gone to David Woods. Will he injure hmm. himself? <laughs> <Yeah>. Snap. <laughs> but there was another, back in the 80s, there was a Parramatta prop forward and he was a great player. Um, Paul Mayers, and he was he was a member of some of their premiership teams and really good player, you know, in the mm. Arthur Beetman mould. And, yeah, his career was 
badly interrupted by injuries. And then, yeah, Eric Graith Sr., towards the end of his career, he uh, was always getting injured. I think he got injured one day. He was running out onto the field with the team at the start of the game at the Sydney Cricket Ground. He, he got injured running out onto the field. <laughs> but then his um, son, Eric Graith Jr., you know, he, he had all these injuries as well. And uh, there was... Great manly player back in the nineties, Nick Kosef. He, yeah, often would in you know do his ACL and and you think of today, Ryan Pappenhaus and the Melbourne fullback. You know, just uh, only has been playing a handful of games every year because he's often getting injured, concussed, doing his ankle or his knee, and flying off to America to get treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, Yana Rawlinson, former Where Are They Now? Yeah, we spoke about her injuries. Um, yeah, it was always at Olympic Games time, you know. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, Nick Kyrgios, often always injured. And Aussie golfer Jason Day, gosh. You know, you just think, oh, gosh, what he's what would have happened, you know, with his career if he... Um, didn't have all those injuries. Like he, he was getting, he was got to world number one and he was, he ended up getting uh what do they call it? In, 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 in to go, you know, when they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they um, collapse a lot. And, yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's back playing some good golf now, but I reckon he would have won a couple of majors. I reckon if he uh, didn't have all these injury issues and, but in AFL, yeah, there's a guy called Scott Gumbleton. Now, he played just five games in three seasons for Essendon um, when drafted. Yeah, and this was due to broken ribs and a punctured lung. Mm-hmm. He retired early due to hardly being able to get on the field. Uh, and then you had Sydney Swans defender Alex Johnson played 45 games in his first two seasons. Um, yeah, and he he was with the Swans. He was a main part of their, big part of their 2012 premiership winning team. But after that, gosh, he sustained his first significant injury in 2013 and then four ACL tears and then multiple surgeries and then finally returned to the Swans in 2018 Then suffered his sixth major injury to his knee Uh, ending his career. Yeah. uh, So, um, Geez, they're just brutal injuries. Yeah. yeah. You've got to really feel sorry for players. And you can understand why, you know, mental health is such a, a big issue, especially in, um, you know, rugby league. And yeah. yeah, it's when players are facing long stints on the sideline. Geez, yeah. it must be hard to get themselves up. Yeah. 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 The mind over matter to try and, you know, get through it. But yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it definitely, it definitely works up. Yeah, I've seen people that involved be involved in mm. car accidents, and uh, they say, "Oh, you never rather walk again." But mm. they've just gone. Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be back up there. Yeah, doing it again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, you think of what Dennis Lilly went through. Just yeah, yeah. Like um, his his back injury was just horrific, you yeah. know. Like 
Yeah, and back then they knew nothing. What they didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. But luckily he had a um, oh, I forget the name, Bruce Elliott. I think his name might have been. Yeah, I read the book about it years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he revolutionised. Yeah. 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 Rehabilitation from yeah serious back injuries. And, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. One of my um. One of my father's friends, mm. his daughter, she'd be up at um, you know, four thirty in the morning to go and do ice skating, and you know she was heading off to the Olympics, you know, when she got a bit old, and yeah. day after day after day, until her knees started to give way, and and the and the coach ended up saying that, yeah. you know, you. Yeah, unfortunately, you're gonna to have to stop it because if you if you if your knees go at this age, you're gonna be in pain for the rest of your life. Oh, exactly. Yeah, so that was a dream of of skating for Australia. In yeah. The, in the Olympics, you know, but torn away. Yeah, mm. but 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 you got to look after your health. Yeah. You know, this is a thing too, you know. Like today, you're seeing all these footballers. Um, yeah. Get developing Parkinson, Alzheimer's, yeah. and they think there's a relation between all you know, from all the concussions they sustained yeah. in their careers and the hits to the head and yeah, yeah, yeah. I had um, a bit of a text through this was a couple of weeks ago from a person that comes around and helps me around the place. She mm. was asking how the pain was going. I said, it's, it's not too bad. I've always got a good supply of rum in my blood system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, now they get into ice baths and, yeah. you know, they do some of that therapy you do, Glenn. They, what's it called? The cryotherapy. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, just yeah. amazing what they do now to try and speed up their recovery and yeah. the ice baths and um, yeah, but a lot of it's got to do with the mind too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, just like you get into the cold pool at the recovery center. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you complain <laughs> about it. Right, next time I'm up there, I'll go in with you. Oh, okay. And see who complains yeah. first. And see who complains first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I struggled last week. Because, oh, yeah, because I've seen big, big footballers going there squealing mm. like girls. I've yeah. seen girls going there just without any trouble. Well, I know this guy from Men's Group. He sits in an ice bath yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, netball's terrible for knee injuries, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and um, some of those Winter Olympic sports like uh, the aerial skiing and yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to our quiz now. It's quiz time. Yeah, so Miss Olivia isn't here today. She's uh, sick. Yeah, so I hope she has a. Speedy recovery and yeah, look forward to her being back for the next episode. So Paul's going to do the quiz today. All right. See, so if, see if you can questions. do. See if you can do without a mistake. 
Yeah, without stuffing up. <laughs> yeah. There'll be well, actually, there's six questions. Uh, I've stuffed up already. So you get a slap for that. Yeah, give us a slap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of them are multiple, multiple choice. Yeah. Right. So first question. Here we go. I'll read the question out. And then we'll have some thinking music and then I'll give the answer. Right. Number one. What is the name of the former Aussie football star or soccer star who was the only player to be substituted off through injury in both a FA Cup and Champions League final? Now, was it A, Mark Bosnich, B, Harry Kuehl, or C, Tim Cale? And the answer is Harry Kiel. Right, question two. What is the name of the former NFL quarterback whose career was halted by numerous injuries, <coughs> such as a broken clavicle, punctured lung, damaged hand, herniated disc, compressed fracture in his vertebra, and was forced to retire in 2017? Now, was it A, Tony Romo? B, Brett Favre, or C, Tom Brady. And the answer is A, Tony Romo. Right, question number three. Aussie cricket captain Pat Cummins made his test debut aged only 18. Now, due to numerous injuries, how long did Cummins have to wait to play his next test match? Now, was it A, five years, B, four years, or C, six years? And the answer is C, six years. Yeah, so thankfully he's had a good run since then. Yeah. yeah. Hope that continues because we'll definitely need him for the ashes. Yeah. Right, question four. What is the name of the former Roosters New South Wales origin and Aussie Test Rugby League captain who was forced to retire in 2021 due to multiple concussions. Yeah. And the answer is Boyd Courtner. Right, question five. What is the name of the Portland Trailblazers NBA basketballer who due to numerous injuries missed exactly three quarters of the team's regular season games over four years. So is it A, Greg Oden, B, Keon Johnson, or C, Cam Reddish? <laughs> and the answer is A, Greg, Greg Oden. Right, last question. Now, Mickey Mantle sustained 14 serious injuries and missed more than 150 games throughout his career from 1951 to 1968. What major American sport did he play? Now, was it A, American football, C, basketball, or C, baseball? And the answer is 
See, baseball. He played for the New York Yankees. Yeah, I've got that diagram there, Glenn, with uh, Mickey Mantle on his crutches. <laughs> and it's got a year for all these injuries. <laughs> and, and this is for you, Paul. No stuff ups. No stuff ups. Oh, unprecedented. You nearly did, but you pulled yourself in back in time. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he's got, oh, man. He's got an injury just about in every part of his body, this bloke. Yeah. It, you it, wouldn't it, think you'd get that many injuries playing baseball, eh? <laughs> mm. I, I wonder if there's a graph like that for Mick Dillon. Yeah, yeah it's it pretty interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh. uh, this is the thing. Like, he won all, all those world titles pretty much after he uh, you know, nearly had his leg amputated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but, but I think there was one Simpsons episode where they were talking about a, a sportsman that, that came close to broke breaking. Mm. Every bone in his body except two, and then and they're, they're broke. Yeah. Uh, okay. <coughs> this week's Who Am I? Right. So, we're going to talk about a tennis player today. Now, I was born in Tandil, Argentina, in 1988, and I'm a professional male tennis player. Now, according to Wikipedia, my biggest achievement was when I defeated the great Roger Federer to win the 2009 US Open, and I'm the only man outside the big three, that is Novak Djokovic, Federer Nadal, to win a Grand Slam title between the 2005 French Open and the 2012 US Open. Now, some of my other career highlights include reaching the 2018 US Open final, uh, Olympic bronze medal at the 2012 London Olympics and silver at the Rio 2016 Olympics. And I won Indian Worlds in 2018 and I helped lead Argentina to the 2016 Davis Cup title. Unfortunately, my career has been hampered by succession, succession of wrist and knee injuries. I did not play between June 2019 to February 2022 due to pain from a knee injury and seriously contemplated retirement from tennis. At present, I'm in training, hoping to make <coughs> a return at this year's US Open. My name is... And I'll be revealed at the end of this episode. Hmm. Where are they now? Right, so this week, we're going to go back to the world of baseball. Yeah, and we're going to talk about a guy that I've never heard of, but uh, yeah, American uh, listeners would have heard of him. And uh, his name is Mark Pryor. Hmm. Yeah, and I, it was very interesting reading up about him. Now, let's talk about Mr. Mark Pryor. Now, he's a baseball pitcher. A very good one. And he was born in San Diego in 1980. And he had a lot of bad luck in his career, this bloke. Yeah, so he's born in San Diego in America in 19, 1980. And he's a former American professional baseball pitcher. 
Now, he was at one time the number one pitcher for the Chicago Cubs from 2002 to 2006. However, his career was much affected by injuries. Now, his repertoire of pitches included a mid 90 miles per hour fastball, <laughs> a curveball, and a changeup. Yes, I'll educate you a bit about baseball pitching. So, yeah, changeup is um, when it's a pitch that is usually <clears throat> thrown to look like a fastball. However, arrives much more slowly to the batter's plate. So it's like a slower ball in cricket. Yeah, so there's different ways you can grip the ball yeah. in cricket. I used to hold it in, instead yeah. of the fingers inside in the palm and it'd come out. Yeah. But some, some bowlers bowl it out the back of the hand. But his fastest pitch ever recorded was 97 miles per hour. So that's got a lot of wheels in it. Imagine facing that. About 160 kilometres an hour. Yeah, that's it. What, that's the same speed as Shane Warne? No, that was um, Tomo used to bowl around that pace and yeah. Brett Lee. Uh, yeah, Spinners uh, used to bowl, oh, you know, around 90 kilometres uh, an hour. Yeah. Yeah, but his, his um, flipper was a lot quicker yeah. Yeah, when he got that going. Uh, now, Pryor was from an athletic family with his father, Jerry, playing college football for Vanderbilt University. Pryor was the youngest of three kids and he attended the University of San Diego High School. Now, he worked with a man called Tom House, who was a former major league baseball pitcher who had a tutoring business for young pitchers. Now, House would use computer analysis to try and determine the ideal pitching motion and he worked with Pryor on his delivery and produced a training program, which Pryor utilised. Now, Pryor was first drafted by the New York Yankees in the first round of the 1998 amateur draft and was offered around $1.5 million signing bonus. So he's, he's been recognised at an early age. However, after much negotiation, the contract was not set, so Pryor decided to attend college instead and studied for a business degree while playing college baseball. Now, while in college, he was coached by a man called Tim Corbin, who said Pryor was one of the best pitchers he ever coached. Pryor was then transferred to the University of Southern California. So, yeah, we spoke about that last episode, that Pam McGee, she went to that university as well. Yeah. University of Southern California. Yeah, small world. And Pryor played a big part in the USC's Trojans winning the 2000 College World Series. Now, Pryor helped the USC reach the College World Series the following year too. And he had a 1.69 earned run average. So what, what an earned run average is, that's the average of earned runs allowed by a pitcher per nine innings pitched, which is the traditional length of a game. So the lower, the better. And striking out. So that's when a batter accumulates free strikes during time at bat. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, he, he striked out 202 and 138. Yeah, so probably won several awards that year, including the Golden Spikes Award which is awarded to the best amateur baseball player in the USA. So he's got the world at his feet, this bloke. Yeah. 
Saprya re-entered the Major League Baseball draft in 2001, and he was snapped up by the Chicago Cubs as their second pick at $10.5 million. Bless my soul. Mm. It was the highest signing bonus at a time for a draft pick. And he, he spends less than a year in the minor league, and then he gets selected for his big league debut for the Cubs in May 2002. And he has a great debut, striking out 10 batters in six innings. And the Cubs win seven runs to four over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, Pryor has a solid season, <clears throat> starting in 19 games with a six and six and six record. So a pitcher receives a win if, if um, he is the pitcher of a record. Yeah, when his team takes the lead for good. So that's what they mean by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they take the lead. Yeah, so, but they, they have to pitch at least five innings. Yeah. And he had a very respectable 3.32 ERA. So that ERA stands for earned run average. So that is the average of earned runs allowed by a pitcher per nine innings pitched. Now in a game against the St. Louis Cardinals, he strained his left hamstring. And the Cubs announced they were shutting him down for the rest of the season due to injury. So this is when he picks up his first injury. <laughs> he uh. strains his left hamstring. Yep. Right. And let's see what happens from here. Now, the following season, Troy gets off to a brilliant start, earning it was called um, a Major League Baseball All-Stars nod. So he's, he's becoming one of the best players in the game. You know, and he's just stormed onto the scene. Now, in the, in the, in the second in innings of a game against the Atlanta Braves, Pryor suffered a sickening on-field collision with second baseman Marcus Dahls. Now, he was then forced onto the disabled list with shoulder stiffness. Now, just have a look at this clip, Glenn. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, lost it now. Bugger. It's all right. I'll be able to find it. Here we are. Did you find the link? Yeah, yeah, I've got the link, but it's not, it's not starting. Oh, isn't it coming up? That's Optus for you. Uh -huh. I'll show you here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably his first big injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he recovers and he forms a formidable combination with fellow right-hand pitcher Kerry Wood. And they are labelled the Chicago Heat by Sports Illustrated magazine. Yeah, so they appear on the um, front page together of the magazine. It's a big magazine in America. Now, Price said, quote, we fed off each other and it was great fun, end of quote. Now, when, in, when interviewed on uh, the TV show Inside Look, 
Now, he finished the season with an 18-6 record with a 2.43 ERA and 245 strikeouts. Now, Pryor played a major part in helping the Cubs to the National League Conference title. With Wood, um, they led the Cubs to an 88-win season, which they famously lost in seven games when they appeared to have it well and truly won. Now, remember earlier episode, Glenn? Former, where are they now? A Steve Bartman. That was the Bartman match. Remember that guy? We were talking about spectators. It was an episode on uh, sporting spectators. And he was the spectator who um, went to go, he was in the crowd and he was, went to go catch that high ball. And yeah, <laughs> he had to be escorted out of the ground, the poor bloke, because um, all the crowd was throwing stuff and abusing him. And, and he unfairly copped the blame for that loss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mark Pryor, he was the guy who pitched that ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I didn't realise that at the time until yeah, I just read up about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was the, the pitcher for the, the infamous uh, Steve Bartman incident. Yeah. Now, Pryor was on the mound and was the pitcher in game six when the Chicago Cubs, uh, Moises Alou, went to catch a fly ball, which was interfered with by spectator Steve Bartman. Now, this was the turning point in the series leading to the Cubs' demise. Now, according to Luke Norris in sportscaster.com, Pryor seemed destined for a Hall of Fame career. Now, the next season in 2004, Pryor picks up an Achilles injury and has an elbow injury and he's, is out for two months. Now, when Pryor returns from injury, he performs well in his first game back against the Pittsburgh Pirates, striking out eight batters. However, he's not the same pitcher he was before the injury layoff, and his ERA goes up to 5.05 after he gives up seven runs over three innings in a match against San Diego. Now, Pryor's form improved after, having, after that with a 3.06 ERA, and in his last three games of the season, he only allows two runs in 24 and has a great game against the Cincinnati Reds, picking up 16 strikes over the nine innings in a game against the Cubs, which they lost two runs to one. Now, he finishes the season with a 6-4 to four record. Now, while he was doing all this, one thing that... Um, Mark Pryor was do, you know, a very sensible thing that he was doing. He was studying part-time and completing his business degree. Mm. Yeah, so he ended up completing that in 2004. But <clears throat> unfortunately, Pryor was back on the disabled list again at the start of the 2005 season uh. due to elbow inflammation. However, when he returns, he performs extremely well, winning his first three starts and posts a 2.93 ERA. So he's a massive talent, this guy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he's, the, he's the Bruce Reed of his time. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. However, against the Colorado Rockies, Pryor is pitching to Rockies batsman, uh, batter Brad Hawk, who smashes a 117 miles per hour line drive from Pryor at him, which hits Pryor's right pitching elbow 
Pryor is back on the disabled list with a compression fracture. Now, yeah, have you got that link there, Glenn? I'll, I'll find it and I'll show you, mate. Yeah. If, you, if you thought the other one was bad, have a look at this. Uh-huh. Oh. The, the, the first game they ever played at the football oval in Lake Cowie. Was, yeah. was like kind of raises versus um Alba. And I remember it was only it was in the first five minutes. Yeah. That the these two old bar play NRL players, they looked at each other, then looked straight forward, then they both ran into each other and knocked each other out. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Mm. Yeah, I'll find this for you. Actually, mm. I'll type it in and yeah. Mark Pryor. So why is there so many club names that are copied from America? Oh, I think, you know, they're just, I don't think it's intentional. Like yeah. I just think, yeah, you know, there's only so many names to go around. Yeah, yeah that's what I reckon. You know, um, yeah, but some of their the names they have over there, like the Rockies and yeah. um, Cubs, yeah, 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 we, we don't have any of them here, like, uh, yeah, you know, we have the Titans and the Dolphins and the Sharks and the Raiders, the Raiders, yeah, Raiders, Canberra Raiders, uh, yeah, but they, I don't think they have Sea Eagles or um. Kangaroos over there. Oh, swans. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of a comedian called um, Akmar Sali? No. No, he, 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 he talks about, you know, the, the tough names of the AFL, you know, like the demons and the, oh, uh, yeah. and other things like that. Then he comes, you know, and it comes along the swans. Yeah, yeah we're, we're all the other. Swans, yeah. We're all the. Well, they used to be called the Bloods, didn't they? Well, what well, they were Melbourne, weren't they? Yeah, when they were South Melbourne. Yeah, yeah they were called the um the Bloods. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Canterbury in rugby league. They were called the Berries. Yeah. Before they became the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, you know, because they needed more fierce name. <laughs> but uh. It was like Newtown in yeah. rugby league. They were the blue bags, I think, and yeah. Yeah, they changed it to the Jets because you know how um, the planes fly over Newtown. Yeah, the yeah, Newtown's underneath the flight path. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you this. Oh, yeah. This is Mark Pryor when he's hit by this line drive. Yeah. It is absolutely sickening. Mm. Here we are. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's the collision. Yeah. Yeah. There was one where he um he cops this line drive. Yeah. And it's like, here, where it is. There it is. 
You wouldn't even have time to react, would you? No. But this is a thing, like in 2020 cricket now, all of the umpires, they wear helmets. Because uh, you know, they're, they're hitting the ball so much harder now. Uh, like, yeah, like the bats are a lot bigger. And uh, I saw a thing on this photo on Facebook the other day. It was Barry Richards, the great South African batsman, when he, uh, he, he was showing the bat that he scored a triple century with. Yeah. Um, back in the seventies, and so he's holding that up in one hand, and David Warner's bat in the other. And David Warner's bat is—I'm not kidding—it'd be like five times the size of that bat that Barry Richards used. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. So yeah, prior returns about yeah. So the guy who um, smashed that line drive back, yeah, his name was um, Brad Hawke, right? Now, he was Pryor's uh, bogeyman, this guy, because in 2000, Hawke hit three home runs off Pryor in the College World Series. So he's come back to haunt him. Now, Pryor returns about halfway through the season. However, he remains on the team's rotation for the rest of the season to reduce the chance of him picking up any more injuries. Now, he still manages an 11-7 to record in 27 starts with 188 strikes. Now, it was the ninth most and was a heroic effort despite the number of games missed due to injury. Now, Price starts off the 2006 season just like he started the 2005 season on the disabled list, this time due to shoulder strain. Now, he returns a few months into the season and has an absolute shocker against the Detroit Tigers, giving up six runs in the first innings. Jeez. And he was given the hook after three innings. So he was a nil to four in four starts. And his ERA now has gone up from 7.71. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. and as you guessed it, yep, once again, he goes onto the disabled list, not long after his return. <laughs> this time, it's due to a strained left oblique muscle. You know where your oblique muscle is, Glenn? No. In your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the side of your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, it's fast bowlers do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and when they do it, yeah, they're out for a while. Now, he sustained that in batting practice, of all things. Now... He makes a very short comeback. However, his form by now has just totally deserted him. And he is shut down after a couple of matches due to bad form mm. and another injury, tendonitis. And now he has a 7.72 ERA. Mm. Now, Pryor is then unsuccessful in asking the Cubs for a pay rise. <laughs> oh, good mm. luck. <laughs> and now he struggles to be the team's fifth starting pitcher in 2007. Uh, so he's gone from like, you know, the best pitcher in the league uh, to, yeah, hardly getting a go for the Cubs. Uh, yeah. I remember when I went to, I've only seen one live baseball game that was years ago. I went to um, see New York Yankees play at uh, the old Yankee Stadium there. And yeah, when you're watching the game, you can see, like, sort of 
along the side there, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can see the the other pitches, you know, you can see them warming up and on the side of the field there. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, so he then plays one game in the minor leagues. So now he's gone back to the minor leagues and then received surgery on his right shoulder, which showed vast structural damage. So he's done his, his rotator cuff bad. That's a bugger of an injury to have. Now, Pryor misses the rest of the 2007 season and he's cut by the Chicago Cubs and he never pitches in the big leagues again. Now, he attempted a comeback with the San Diego uh, Padres on a $1 million one-year incentive contract. However, tears his shoulder again in rehab, forcing him to miss his second consecutive season. Now, he is eventually released by the Padres after the team was disappointed by his lack of progress in his rehabilitation. So it's just say cutthroat over there, you know. Uh-huh. Like, takes one injury and that can just... Yeah, and it gets now to 2009, and Price struggles to throw a ball 30 feet due to it, due to the pain. Now he's eventually able to get some stability back in the shoulder joint, and ends up playing in the independent leagues due to not being able to get a major league contract. Now he shows some promise and is signed by the Texas Rangers in 2010 on a minor league contract. <laughs> And in 2011, the New York Yankees signed him on a one-year minor league con- minor league contract. However, he injures his groin and makes only 11 appearances. <laughs> so it's just one thing after he's catching up the Mickey Mantle. <laughs> yeah. Now then, in 2012, he has an unsuccessful stint in the minors with the Boston Red Sox, and is released before the end of the season. Now, in 2013, he passes a physical with the Cincinnati Reds, who have expressed an interest in him. He signs a minor league contract. However, after seven games, guess what? He's back on the disabled list with an injured shoulder. The Reds release him, and Pryor finally decides to call it quits and retire from baseball. Now, early in his career, Pryor's pitching mechanics were, according to the Sporting News, it was they they it was labelled as perfect. So he, back back then, you know, they thought he just had the most perfect um, pitching action, and he was going to have a long career, you know, because it was they just thought it was faultless. Um, you know, he's they labelled like his action it was efficient and sound delivery and smooth and fluid with little chance of injury. However, after his injuries began to build up his throwing motion is was more closely examined and it becomes the belief that Pry's injury trouble was due to an inverted W arm action. Yes, yeah, so it was a W shaped arm action. Inverted W. Yeah, where he lifted his elbows above and be- behind the level of his shoulders with the forearm pointing down. Now, apparently this caused undue stress on the muscles and ligaments of the shoulder and elbow. However, some in the game believe that Pry's injury issues were due to him being overused early on in his career. And some believe it was due to his collision with Giles and, and the Hawk line drive. Yeah, so this is what happened with Jeff Thompson. You know, like, um, 
yeah, like he was so, just so fast, like in the mid seventies. But it uh, was around about nineteen seventy six, I think. Yeah, he um, yeah, he was he had he collided with Alan Turner in a Test match against Pakistan, and he had to, you know, he was on the sidelines for ages because he injured his shoulder badly. And yeah, that had a bigger impact on his um, on his pace. Yeah, they reckon if it wasn't for that injury, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, yeah, it's quite quite a famous incident that. Yeah, and sadly, that's all Alan Turner's remembered for. <laughs> like, not that he played Test cricket for Australia, but he's the bloke who Jeff Thompson ran into and uh, injured his shoulder. Uh, yeah. Now, former Chicago Cubs manager Dusty Baker is made a scapegoat by some critics for overusing prior during his peak. But so the thing is, like, they thought his action was just faultless. You know, they, they thought, oh, he's little chance of getting injured. And yeah, but little did they know until later on towards, you know, when he retired that it was all mainly due to... Uh, yeah, he's he's action because he it was like this, you know, when you when you're lining up to to pitch, yeah, and it was in that wind up that yeah he was placing a lot of strain on his um, shoulder and elbow ligaments. Now, prior then accepts a front office position with the Padres and assists in the team's baseball operations. Now, in 2015, he became San Diego's minor league pitching coordinator a role he carried out for the ne next three seasons. So let's look at what um, Mark Pryor is doing today. But, yeah, he, he thinks that his injuries were mainly due to those collisions, you know, the ball getting hit by that ball from that line drive and the collision. He, he doesn't think it's, it was mainly due to the mechanics. But, yeah. So Mark Pryor today is now 42 years of age. He's married to Heather Gora whom he married in 2003, and they have three children, Amanda, Caitlin, and Matthew. Now, he became the bullpen coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2018, and is now the pitching coach. Even though injuries derailed his career, he remains very close to the sport. Yeah, so he sort of went through a stage where he didn't want anything to do with the sport. And, you know, that happened to me. I can relate to that. You know, because I just I finished playing cricket when I was twenty eight. Yeah. You know, injury and I I didn't want anything much to do with the game there for a while. You know, I just thought, yeah, yeah you just couldn't face it. You know, you, you go through that mourning period. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, he 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 gets back into it and he helped guide the Dodgers to a World Series championship. So that would have been very very rewarding for him. Yeah, surprise story is a sad one of lost potential. However, rather than let what happened to him drag him down, he is given back to the sport. He said, quote, very few people make it to the big leagues and very few have success in the big leagues, end of quote. And that's so true. Yeah, although his stint was very brief and, yeah, he made a big impact in a short period of time. Yeah. yeah. So he'll always be known as the guy with the electric arm who took the Major League Baseball by storm in the early 2000s. And he loves the game and his passion for the game is still there. But he, he values his time with his family. 
And he doesn't blame Steve Bartman for losing the 2003 World Series. He more or less blames the pitch he did actually at the very time that led to the foul ball. And it was only in recent years that he has gone back and watched the game and watched that particular play. Now he enjoys helping young players and having played in all the leagues, he enjoys sharing his experiences. And he wants to give back what his fellow players, um, especially at the Cubs, gave him. Now, he had a few years in which he, you know, as I was saying, he felt bitter about what happened to him and, you know, the example like the line drives, the collisions. and However, does not have any regrets and now looks back on all the good things that have happened in his life and mm. focuses on the present. And he knows that injuries derailed his career. However, Price said, that's life. And he encourages young players who make it to the big time to be responsible and not take anything for granted. So true. And that's the story of Mark Pryor. So to the real... Uh, who am I for this week? Okay, who is it? Oh, and the answer is Juan Martin Del Potro. Okay, Paul's top five. Here we go. Now, I've got a tie for fifth spot. Two rugby league players. Former and a current one. David Woods and Ryan Pappenhausen. Fourth spot, I've got Mr. Sticky Tape, Bruce Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Third spot, I've got Juan Martin Del Potro. Yeah, because yeah, he just think, you know, if he hadn't have all, had all those injuries, he probably would have won more Grand Slam titles. Yeah. Second spot, I've got today's Where Are They Now, Mark Pryor. And in top spot, I have Tom Travoyevich. Uh. Yeah, the reason I picked him is because I know what Manly are like when he doesn't play. And they they might as well not even turn up. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I remember um, 2003. No, actually, no, 1993. Yeah, Ricky Stewart. Yeah. And he, he was at the peak of his career, you know, playing for Canberra. And oh, I was just having this a dream season, you know. Um. But a few games out from the semis, he um, was playing a game against Parramatta and, yeah, injured his knee. Oh, oh, no, I think it was his ankle. Yeah, he broke his ankle and that was the end of his season and Canberra lost every game. Uh, yeah, so, they, like, they were the red-hot favourites to win the comp. You know, it was just a matter of how much they were going to win it by. Uh, and then, yeah, they lost their last few games of the premiership and then went out in straight sets, straight sets in the playoffs. Uh, uh, that's how much he was to that team. Yeah. Uh, uh, so injuries, you know, they're just so vital. You know, you just, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it explains why Paris not going that great in a way. Uh, some injuries to your uh, players, but, you know, but then you look at the Dolphins and, yeah, and, yeah. Anyway, what we're going to talk about, oh, here was your number one, Glenn. 
I'll go for Mr. Sticky Tape. Yep, Mr. Bruce Roy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it must have just been take so much out of just this. Uh, oh, yeah. For him to get back over and over. Well, he, he only played 20 odd test matches. Yeah. Like, if he was fit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh. Mm. Uh, he would have got well over. 400 test wickets, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, he was nearly, what, seven foot tall and uh, you know, bringing the ball from that height across, <laughs> across the right-handed batsman. Yeah. Uh, and I was there that night. He was bowling to Alan Lamb and Alan uh, Lamb hit 18 runs off four balls to win that one day. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, oh, boy, he was... I remember that devastating spell of bowling in that Ashes test match in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, it was about 1990. Mm. Yeah, single-handedly won the game for Australia, uh, basically. Yeah. So uh, next episode, yeah, we're going to talk about some uh, famous sports people who became actors. Yeah. Uh, so we've spoken about a few of them in the past. Livy came up with this topic. Um, you know, we've spoken about The Rock and yeah, Dwayne Johnson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, but we're going to look at some other ones yeah. as well. And not just, you know, ones from that we hear about today, but some interesting ones from many, 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 many years ago. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's... Okay. That's thumbs for this episode. <laughs> yep. So thanks for joining us for this episode of The Sports Shack. So all references for this episode are on the platform page. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from me, Glenn. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Just to end the show, I wanted to, we spoke a little bit about Nikki Huskis, a wonderful, great female artist from Adelaide, Australia, in South Australia. And I just wanted to finish off the end of the show with a bit of an original song, Heaven Sent, written by her and Matt Mackenzie Smith. An absolutely lovely song. A very talented girl. Hope you enjoyed this little part. check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time.